So, because right. I can so, shop this. Recording now. And playing on three. One, two, and three. I wasn't going to do this one. But okay. I decided I, I, I need to. New music. These are the confessions of a band geek. Time to get personal. If I could, I'd probably do things differently. Uh, these are the confessions of a band geek. Reminiscing, thinking how I got to where I'm at. Throat back before I even learned how to rap. Tell my story kind of sort of like my diary. These are the confessions of a band geek. Music molded me and made me, me. If I could, I'd probably do things differently. I used to only take my horn home once a week. These are the confessions of a band geek. Fifth grade, I remember it like yesterday. I saw the band and decided I wanted to play. I tried the trombone and the sax, but that wasn't fun. I always had rhythm, so I wanted to play the drums. But ain't nothing happening, I guess it was too late. I decided I ain't want to play them anyway. Then the director told you can lie. Then the director told me give the coronet a try. Handed it to me and told me to try to make a sound. Watching the hands to make sure I had the form down. Couple people staring, so I'm not trying to look stupid now. Played it so loud, I had everyone looking around. From that moment, I decided it was all. Fifth and sixth grade passed, I was still going strong. Seventh grade, my folks were glad I was serious about something. Moms took me up to Sadler's and bought me my own trumpet. <laughs> For real. Before I even learned how to rap Tell my story kinda sorta like my diary These are the confessions of a band geek Music molded me and made me, me If I could I'd probably do things differently I used to only take my horn home once a week Um, 8th grade Waldo, everything switched That's when I met Mr. Conrad and Mr. Tripp New beginnings, never seen nothing like this Private school to public school, I had to get a grip Met a gang of homies that I loved like my brothers Straight clowning up in class, couldn't tell us nothing Walked to school every day with Louis Otero Was taken way too soon, we'll see you again though Freshman year at East High, man it flew by Still all up in my shell, I was super shy Was cool with all the jocks cause my brother hooped My cousins Trees and Ann had me plugged with all the ladies too Sophomore year, it felt like having pep band playing in the stands, drunk off 211. At the games, me and Vernon used to wild out. Rise and shine, pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Time is now 8 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. I've won. Yes. Yes. I've won. Where did it go? I was reading. Let me see here. Reading a text message that I got this morning. So, want to say a good morning. And a shout out to our friends of the Davilus family uh, out of St. Charles. Good morning to you guys as well over there. Hope that everything's going well for you. And uh, Michelle Davilus, Joe Davilus, and the whole family. Shouts out to you guys. 
Appreciate you guys tuning in and sharing everything that we do. Much appreciated. All right, so it is Thursday, and I have a great amount of news for you guys. Judy Dawson, good morning to you as well, dear friend of the show. Um, I will reply. I'm behind on emails. I have 94 unread emails. That's just in the Gmail. So Judy, I will get a brother. Will get to it today. I saw that. All right, we got a lot of news to talk about. It is Thursday, and we've got just a couple more days before the end of the year. Are you ready? That's the question of the day. Are you ready? You can let us know in the chat if you're ready by saying yes, or you can do the smiley face emoji, the happy emoji, or any of the various emojis that you like to convey your feelings and let us know how you're feeling. Alyssa Ocone, good morning to you as well. All right, so first things first, some news that I saw which is very important. Check this out, guys. Um, Advocate Aurora Healthcare, uh, billing statements, campaign, <clears throat> ah! Jesus. I have a gremlin in here. Mental gremlins. All right, let's try that again. Billing statements containing the personal health information of more than 1,500 of Advocate Health Illinois patients were mailed out but never arrived at their destination. Patients have been notified and have been offered free credit monitoring. And that's according to Advocate. Uh, the statements in question were put in the mail around July 29th and included information for 1,661 patients, including patient names, types, types, and dates of service. Um, the provider visited and visit account numbers. Yikes. The error discovered around October 29th was caused by an accidental change to an account type in the health system's billing software, according to Advocate. The health system was not aware the patient information had been intercepted or misused as a result of the mailing, but said it was taking steps to improve technology and internal processes. Advocate Aurora has 26 hospitals and more than 500 care sites in Illinois and Wisconsin. So if you get any mail from Advocate or if you receive anything from Advocate, it'd be worth double checking and looking at it to make sure uh, that they are not trying to communicate with you for your potential information or your information potentially having been lost. Yikes. Uh, once again, it says that patients have been notified and have been offered free credit monitoring. Okay. Times 8.04 a.m. It is Thursday. How you guys feeling out there? Let me know how you feel. How do you feel? Um, Alyssa Ocone, how are you? I know you're out working hard. I know that right about now, Alyssa Ocone is doing her thing. She's working hard. She's a hard, or all of our listeners are very hardworking people. I've had the pleasure of seeing some of you in your natural jobs. I've seen you working. I see what you do. And um, I can vouch for a good number of you. All right, Monica, how you feeling? I'm good. Okay. All yeah, right. How are good. you? I'm doing well today. I am doing really good. Uh, it's a beautiful day, beautiful morning. Uh, I'm ready and excited for a brand new year. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a big day and big evening. Shouts out to Allie Hernandez. Good morning to you as well. All right. Now, let me see here. I saw something else in our news, which I thought was... Well, it's disturbing, but it appears to be contained, and that is a COVID-19 outbreak at Kane County. So let's check this out together, you guys. The Kane County Jail has seen a spike in COVID-19 cases among detainees. According to uh, Kane County Sheriff Ron Hain, officials are trying to mitigate any further spread of the virus at the facility. Um, as of Last week on what will be Friday, 30 detainees or about 8% of the jail's population have tested positive for COVID-19. Of the 30, 27 of them were not vaccinated. Quote, 
Around 8% of the population of the jail is consistent with the percent of community population that is testing positive. We have already been through this a few times. So we are pretty confident we can mitigate this out of the facility in the next week or two. Close quote. Cases started to rise around December 12th. Corrections officers are following the standard protocol of using both rapid and PCR tests and then placing detainees in a medical unit with a negative pressure room. Interesting. Detainees are not being taken to court unless absolutely necessary for a trial or sentencing and instead are connecting to court officials through Zoom. <coughs> All of... Ah! All of the jail's programs are suspended for the next two weeks, except for the Recovery Pod program through Lighthouse Recovery of St. Charles, shouts out, which provides addiction treatment. Quote, we want to make sure we are not introducing any new viruses to the facility, but Lighthouse is so essential to our health that we don't feel we can discontinue that. Close quote. Lake County's jail recently saw a COVID-19 spike in late November. That led to more than 100 cases among inmates and staff, but now cases are subsiding. Interesting. The time is 8.07 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Question of the day. How do you feel about the rapidly approaching new year? Drop an emoji. Bianca Camargo is here. Good morning to your judge. Good to see you once again, as always. Okay. Now, if I told you that the mall, the Fox Valley Mall, was going to have a mixture of an outdoor entertainment site along with new apartments, what would your response be? Would you think I was crazy? Would you think I was making it up? Well, I'm not. That's what's coming very, very soon. If you do pass the Fox Valley Mall, you will notice a whole lot of construction going on out there. There's a lot of stuff taking place. There's a lot of stuff to be seen. And uh, in addition to the new apartments that are coming, like I said, there's going to be an entertainment venue, which will have a dog park and a stage as well. So the corner, excuse me, the corridor of Route 59 and New York Street will continue to be a pretty busy hub. It looks like it'll it'll keep being a pretty busy hub. Um, now, Centennial Real Estate is the company that is building the apartments there. They're going to look very good. Alderman on our Building Zoning and Economic Development Committee uh, recently approved those plans. So. Although there is no date set for when this will launch and be open and the apartments will come online and the entertainment will be entertaining, although there is no set date, I will reiterate to you once again, take a look and keep an eye out on what's going on by the Fox Valley Mall. There's a lot of good stuff and interesting things happening there. We know that the Sears store is closed and mall shopping over there is not what it used to be, but it is good to see that new things are still happening. Now, I have on my desk something that you will like. I know you'll like this. And in addition to you liking it, it does qualify as something that we call word up. Yes. Jay Kelly, good morning. Shouts out to you. Uh, have a nice Thursday, my brother. Okay. The Aurora City Council recently approved two items to move forward with improvements at, City Park, at Phillips Park. Alderman approved a contract for a master plan for the park and zoo sections. A 10-year plan, city officials have said, will help design a park for the future. I don't know how I feel about that terminology. A park for the future. Well, let's dig into it together. The contract with Darien-based White & Company is for $119,600. Alderman also approved spending $74,290 for two indoor golf simulators for the new addition to the pro shop at the Phillips Park Golf Course. The purchase would come from Foresight Sports of San Diego, California. 
Uh, the master plan contract would cover the zoo and all parts of the park with its exception of the golf course because golf course planning is a separate niche of its own. City officials will go for a second contract to cover the future of the golf course. Interesting. Um, now, according to this article, uh, the company, uh, White and Company, will start with preliminary activities such as taking an inventory of programs and facilities in the park, putting together exactly what the city has at the moment. The second part of the contract will be a concept design and master plan for the next 10 years. Phillips Park, which is on the mid-east side, is what city officials refer to as a legacy park in the city. That's interesting. We've heard that term before. Work has been done in recent years in Wilder Park along the west bank of the Fox River and also at McCarty Park. Now, Wilder Park, as you know, is the park that's on Lake Street right next door to the Aurora Pancake House. And McCarty Park is the park that is in between Galena and New York Street, bordered by 4th Street and I think that's Parker Avenue, it's called, right there by El Weddo. Uh, the simulators will go into an addition to be built onto the pro shop at the Phillips Park Golf Course. Alderman recently awarded a contract to build that addition, which has been in the works for a while. The simulators will give golfers a place to hone their skills inside during the winter months. City officials have said they hope the simulators will generate some revenue during a normally dormant time on the course. The time is now 8.13 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Tanya Pryor Majerski, good morning. Feeling hopeful. I like that. Thank you, Tanya. Go ahead and turn our camera on, please. Um, Anna Sierra is here. Happy Thursday to you, Anna. Good to see you as well. Bianca, we said hi to Bianca, but we'll say hi again. Good morning, all of you wonderful, beautiful people. Okay, so that is the news about the master plan for Phillips Park. Now, as you guys may know and be aware, the Sunken Gardens is the nice place back there uh, with all the flowers, which look really pretty, or which looks really pretty in the uh, spring and summertime months. If you go back out there to Phillips Park, be sure to take a lot of pictures because I do think it would be interesting to see what Phillips Park looks like now and what it will look like once these renovations come to make it the park of the future. Interesting stuff. All right, you are tuning in, you ladies and gentlemen, you, you are tuning in. Um, we got Will County news. We've got, I told you about jail, which you don't want to go to. You don't want to have COVID in jail. Uh, but we have some really good news here, and we're going to give a shout out. John Schomer is here. Good morning to you, John. Good to see you, sir. This one's for you, brother. Ah, all right. So, after making history as the first Indian American elected to the Aurora City Council, Alderwoman Shweta Bade's work in 2020 is about desire to get involved. Interesting. This is a great article, by the way, and it's, uh, it's very well written. Short, but to the point. Um, in April of this year, Shweta Bay made Aurora history by becoming the first person of Indian descent elected to the city council. The work she has done on the council represented the 10th ward along with her role as an example to Aurora's growing Indian American population makes her one of the faces of Aurora, excuse me, faces of 2021 in the Aurora area. Her comments are often short and to the point, but often show a well-rounded background. The mother of two is a math and science teacher, but is also an accomplished artist who has taught art too. With her election coming during a pandemic, Babe joined other aldermen in events to help mitigate the effects of COVID-19, including developing a back-to-school fair, hers with an ice cream social, to distribute free school supplies to 10th Ward residents. Awesome. All right, it goes on. Perhaps more important, she has become a role model and an example of increased activity among Aurora's burgeoning Indian American population. With the Indian American population at between 7 and 8% in the city, it is the fastest growing ethnic group in Aurora. And that's according to information from the Indian American Community Outreach Advisory Board. Talk about a mouthful. 
IACOAB. IACOAB. That's what the acronym would be. Indian American Community Outreach Advisory Board. The board itself has become more active since it was established in 2014 and included Bade as a member. The board's work is an example of how Aurora continues to stake its claim as one of the most diverse communities in the Chicago region. Very cool. All right. So the time is 8.17. Monica, if you'd be so kind, take us to a commercial and let us know what's happening locally, please. Gloria Gerardo, good morning to you, dear friend. Good to see you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> good morning. Here are your local headlines. Real news, real people, real stories, 100% Aurora. Don't forget to please subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all of our content. There you can also watch all of our interviews and receive notifications when we go live. January 29th from 12.30 to 4.30 p.m. at the Prisco Center will be a great pop-up event for businesses. Passion Lily Boutique Events will be hosting this event and it is open to the public. CBD items, plus size clothing, plant-based hair, and more will be on display and for sale. Come, come have fun and the new year and support local creators. For more information, you can email events at passionlily.boutique. Saturday, January 15th from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., there will be a reading and craft event at Simply Destiny Youth Center. Friend of the show, Victoria Jaila Maldonado, will be reading her book, Bartle by the Brave. Come experience a great story about showing bravery and kindness in the face of bullying. Simply Destiny is located at 122 West Downer Place and Suite 124. Ninja Science Academy Leadership Training Program will be taking place on Saturday, January 1st from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. This will take place at 1781 Melbourne Lane in Aurora. This is an opportunity to come together for a full day of training on a martial arts, science, and yoga. The event has been shared to our Facebook page. Ellie Doyle has a great New Year's Eve party coming up as well, with this end up as the, the name of the group band, which is this end up. Um, party favors, decorations, champagne toast, and late night breakfast buffet, all included with your ticket. Seating on a first come first served basis, Doors to the show room open at 7 p.m., but come early for a cocktails and appetizers at the Bally Doyle Pub, which is open all day. Tickets are $25. For more information on all music dates at Bally Doyle, we'll be sharing a link in our chat. Saturday, January 8th from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. will be a free women's self-defense demo hosted by the A-Town Boxing Club, and State Representative Barbara Hernandez. The location for the A-Town Boxing Club is 727 Hill Avenue. Water and snacks will be provided, and no registration is required for this event. And for more information, call 630-270-1848, and the flyer has also been shared or will be shared on our social media. The round two of the Illinois Rental Payment Program is open and accepting applications. Eligible households may qualify for up to 18 months of assistance from June 2020 through April 2022. The deadline for applications is Sunday, January 9th at midnight. For more information or questions, you can call the Neighbor Project at 630-906-9400. And I'll, I'll show, I'll show. Huh. I'll also be sharing the link for the um, Illinois Rental Payment Program so you can apply or if you know someone who is eligible for this. That is right. That is right. That is right. Tyrus Brooks, good morning to you as well, dear sir. Josie Mendoza-Geller, good to see all of you fantastic and wonderful people. Okay, so in addition to all of that good news, um, so as mentioned, the Illinois 
rental payment protection program is still open and accepting applications. And there is still more COVID information about testing uh, as well. This is very important, so I wanna mention this. And also we're gonna give a, we will have a brief other mention of more news here shortly. The time is 8.21 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a brand new year. All right. Uh, the COVID-19 testing site near Chicago Premium Outlets Mall in Aurora here will be open six days a week, open up from the current four days a week, and that's starting Monday, January 3rd. Governor Pritzker announced uh, the state is doubling its staffing at vaccination sites and increasing free community-based uh, COVID-19 testing hours by 50% at state testing sites like the one in Aurora. Last week, uh, King County board members said the Illinois Department of Public Health and Illinois Emergency Management Agency would work closer with the King County Health Department to staff the county's mass vaccination site in Batavia. Um, now, uh, the state is more than doubling personnel and adding at least 100 people to regional sites to help administer vaccines, prepare doses for clinical excuse me, for clinic personnel, and to enter vaccination data. Uh, starting Monday the 3rd, the state free community-based test, community testing sites will increase operations on those days uh, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And in Aurora, 2450 North Farnsworth Avenue, that drive-through site offers free uh, tests and is available to all regardless of, regardless of age, insurance, status, or symptoms. Uh, the move comes as the Omicron variant rises in Illinois. And as of Monday of this week, uh, so this Monday, there have been 177 cases in the state since the variant was detected in Illinois. And according to the director of Illinois' Department of Public Health, uh, testing is a critical tool to slow further spread of the virus and its variants. Very important information, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, with that being said, once again, that's the outlet mall, 2450, and uh, testing is going to be open six days a week there. Okay. Um, so, be safe. Turn um, be safe, buckle up, wash your hands, wear your mask, and do all of the things that are required of you. All right. Now, we are going to take a brief pause here, and we're going to kind of shift a little bit. Uh, we're going to shift to a national headline. I know that you guys typically... You will, you guys don't typically anything. You guys understand that this show exists for all Aurorans. Um, but we are going to mention something that happened nationally. And I want to note uh, this person. So former Senator Harry Reid recently passed away at the age of 82. Uh, he passed away. He passed away. Today's Thursday. He passed away Tuesday. All right. I'm going to read from Senator Harry Reid's um, bio a little bit, and I want to just highlight um, highlight a few things to you here as dear listeners. Uh, Harry Reid was the former Senate Majority Leader and Nevada's longest serving member of Congress. Uh, he passed away peacefully and surrounded by friends, quote, following a courageous four-year battle with pancreatic cancer. Uh, he was a former boxer turned lawyer and widely acknowledged as one of the toughest deal makers in Congress. He was a conservative Democrat and an increasingly polarized chamber who vexed lawmakers of both parties with a brusque manner, which is the word of the day. Monica, if you'd be so kind, brusque is the word of the day. Um, he had a 34 year career in Washington and he thrived on behind the scenes wrangling to keep uh, the Senate controlled by his party through two presidents. Now. Less than two weeks ago, officials and one of his sons, Rory, marked the renaming of the busy Las Vegas airport as Harry Reid International Airport. Uh, Rory Reid is a former Clark County in Nevada Commission chairman. Now, I want to read a little bit more. Born in Searchlight, Nevada, to an alcoholic father who killed himself at 58, 
and a mother who served as a laundress in a bordello, Harry Reid grew up in a small cabin without indoor plumbing and swam with other, ch other children at a pool at a local brothel. He hitchhiked to Basic High School in Henderson, Nevada, 40 miles from home, where he met the wife he would marry in 1959. Um, and at Utah State University, the church became members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, he was a future senator. He put himself through George Washington University Law School by working nights as a U.S. Capitol Police officer. At the age of 28, he was elected to the Nevada Assembly and at 30 became the youngest lieutenant governor in Nevada history um, as Mike O'Callaghan's running mate in 1970. He was elected to the House in 1982 and he served in Congress longer than anyone else in Nevada history. He narrowly avoided defeat in a 1998 Senate race when he held off Republican John Ensign, then a House member, by 428 votes. Wow. In a recount that stretched into January. All right. Now, he's also known as the person who should take the credit for the Affordable Care Act as well. Um, when then Speaker of House Nancy Pelosi muscled Obama's health care overhaul through the House in 2009, a different version passed the Senate and the reconciliation process floundered um, and it signed into law in March 2010. Okay. Reed had faced one of, uh, one of the most, one of the biggest challenges before he ever got into Washington. And that was the, as the then head of the Nevada Gaming Commission investigating organized crime, Reed became the target of a car bomb in 1980. Police called it an attempted homicide. Following his lengthy farewell address on the Senate floor in 2016, his Nevada colleague and Republican Dean Heller declared, it has been said that it's better to be feared than loved if you cannot be both. And as me and my colleagues here today and those in the gallery probably agree with me, no individual in American politics embodies that sentiment today than my colleague from Nevada, Harry Mason Reed. Harry Reed, dead at 82, may he rest in peace. All right, the time is now 8.29 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora. And it's Thursday, it's almost over. We are moving into a brand new year and we are excited about this new year. I can't wait to detail all of the fantastic things that we will do. We're filming a lot more. We are out and about a lot more in the community. And we will show you people something spectacular starting Monday. So get ready. All right. Told you we got a lot of news today. Told you we got a lot of news. All right. Moving right along. Actually, let's do this. Let's take a community sip. Cheers, everybody at home. Okay. Um, so applications are being taken for Kane County grants uh, for mental health groups, homeless shelters, and food pantries. This is very important because uh, the county consistently tries to do what it can to help folks, but uh, a lot of that's not possible without funding. So the application process is now open for $4 million in funding through the federal... <laughs> All right, let's try that again. The application process is now open for $4 million in funding through the federal American Rescue Plan, yikes, to assist mental health organizations, homeless shelters, and food pantries in Kane County, which have been adversely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Kane County Board Chair Connie Pirog, uh, funding through the community support grants will provide critically needed support for Kane County's outstanding charitable organizations that have been consistently on the front lines of the pandemic, helping families and individuals cope and heal. To be eligible for a grant, applicants must be fully incorporated and operating 
as a 501c3 as of January 1st, 2019. Deliver services from a facility that is physically located in Kane County. Provide as its primary mission services to Kane County residents in the areas of behavioral and mental health, homeless shelters or food pantries, and be in good standing with all applicable federal, state, and local standards and requirements. Uh, the link to start an application, can you please put this in the chat for people, uh, can be found online at Kane County's homepage at www.countyofkane.org. All right, Monica's going to put that in the chat for you wonderful, fantastic people so that you can check that out or pass it along to anyone that you know. Cindy Morales, good morning to you. Good morning. Look at all of you great people. Sad that we are back to where we were a year ago. Yes, in regards to the numbers of COVID. Yes, that is right, Josie. That is right. Um, all right. Dan Barrero's here. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you. All right. Uh, the portal will be open to applicants until January 31st of next year. Applications will be reviewed for eligibility and completeness and then considered by the American Rescue Plan Committee, which will then recommend funding awards to the full King County Board for consideration and approval. All right. And according to King County Board member Jared Sanchez, who also chairs the Kane County American Rescue Plan Committee, uh, it was during two listening sessions when we heard firsthand of the struggles that nonprofit organizations continue to have nearly two years after the pandemic began. We are pleased to be able to make this money available to help reduce the impacts of the ongoing pandemic. The funding for the community support grants comes from the $103 million in federal American Rescue Plan Act funds received by Kane County. The county received the first half, 51.7 million of the funds in May, and will receive the other half in May of 2022. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is in from, I mean, you can't get, where are you gonna, right here. That is information with which all of us will be able to benefit. Good stuff. The time is now 8.34 a.m. Okay, moving right along. Going over to Will County, Jim Harmon is here. Good morning to you, Jim. Good to see you, dear brother out there. Time is 8.34. That what I said it was? 8.34, okay. Um, now, COVID-19 cases are on the rise in Will County as the health department passes one, the one million mark on vaccine doses. Um, according to health department spokesman Matt Bedore, there has not been a determination of uh, the Omicron variant has reached Will County, but health officials are monitoring state data closely. Um, he is reminding residents to continue using mitigation strategies for COVID-19, including getting vaccinated, wearing masks, and frequently washing hands to help slow the virus's spread. Now let's talk about the Illinois Department of Health and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Because genomic sequencing is done on a relatively small number, of randomly selected samples, it's only a matter of time the variant will be verified in Will County. That's according to Mr. Bedore. On Monday, the DuPage County Health Department reported its first known cases of the Omicron variant in the county. That's according to DuPage Health officials. 16 residents with the Omicron variant were identified with the earliest positive test collected December 8th. And, that's a, and health officials said that none of those identified with the Omicron variant have been hospitalized or have died. Okay, so Will County now uh, is our neighbor. And as you guys know, they have data as well to share with us. So last week, Will County administered its 1 millionth COVID-19 vaccine shot and has now administered 1,023,000 660, let me start over. 1,023,677 doses. About 60.8% of the county's population has been fully vaccinated, which includes about 59.7% of the white population, 47.4% of the Hispanic population, 48.3% of the African-American population, and 75.5% of the Asian population. More than 89% of Will County residents 65 and older 
have been fully vaccinated, which the CDC defines as two doses of Moderna or Pfizer vaccine or the one dose Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Last month, the county began administering vaccines to children's ages five to 11 years old and 24 percent, 24.7% of children in that age group have received at least one dose of the two dose series. Clinics are planned for our friends in Will County. For January 3rd is St. John Baptist Church in Joliet, January 7th at VFW Post 5422 in Wilmington, and January 8th at the Southwest Suburban Immigrant Project in Bolingbrook. Residents can check the health department's website at www.willcountyhealth.org. All right, Monica, can you take me to a commercial, please, so I can deliver something that I have to tell these people about? Uh, this qualifies. Save the date know? for <laughs> save the date for February fifth. The nineteenth annual wine and chocolate extravaganza will be taking place at Stonebridge Country Club. The Aurora Sunrise Rotary Club will be hosting this great event. Tickets and info can be found at rotaryaurora.org. The theme is serving to change lives. Once again, it's going to be February 5th of 2022. Also, continuing, um, January 11th is going to be a very big day as well in regards to immigration. Our friends of the League of Women Voters have teamed up with the Aurora Public Library to present a immigration panel titled, Why Don't They Come Here the Right Way? with many great guest speakers. Linnea Wendell served as the president and CEO of VNA Healthcare since 1999. She is, uh, excuse me, VNA Healthcare is a patient-centered, community-based, non-for-profit healthcare provider. Jenny Grabelski, supervising attorney for Justice for Our Neighbors, which provides free, high-quality legal services for low-income immigrants and Beatriz Rosa, Executive Director of Family Focus Aurora, which provides immigrant families and individuals with bilingual services to provide pathways to success. Great event. All right. Now, the times for this wonderful event will be from 6.30. We'll start at 6.30 p.m. and it will go the duration. Questions will be taken and the program will be live streamed on the League of Women Voters Aurora Area Facebook Page. Be sure that you make sure it's the League of Women Voters for the Aurora Area Facebook page as there are many League of Women Voters pages out there all across the country. Uh, immigration is a big issue and protecting rights and giving information for people is also very big and important. We hope that you guys please check that out or share it with someone who can benefit. Great stuff. All right, guys. Now. Good morning to Karina Suarez Darden. Good to see you, dear friend. Good to see you. All right. Now, I want you guys to know that. So we did the we did a very cool collage, which you guys may have seen uh, with some of our great episodes during the year. Uh, that was really fun. We did one for Buenos Dias Aurora, which had uh, women in business. And we also did one from Good Morning Aurora, which had um artists on it we're going to do another one that will be debuting today for good morning aurora and we're also going to do another one for buenos dias aurora which will be debuting today as well um if you guys notice on those which is very important to know um those are just a small sampling of the type of interviews that we have conducted because we've done a good number of um interviews with artists but we've only done just a few for that particular post. So there are more to come and you can check out all the interviews that we have with our artists on goodmorningaurora.com. Okay. Alvin Soto is here. Yes. Good morning to you, Alvin. Good to see you, dear brother. All right. Now, we told you about Valley Door. We told you about Aurora Tap House. They got New Year's Eve parties. That's cool and all that. Uh, the greatest New Year's Eve party 
since like 1979, I think was what I read. I read that. That's what they, t I don't know. I'm not too sure. But the greatest New Year's Eve party since 1979 will be at Tavern on Broadway. That's where it will happen. Now, one of the great things about this is that it will be a black and white party. So all guests must wear black and white or shades of black and white, including silver or gray. Uh, and the team hopes to see you guys all there. It will be fun. It will be star studded. It will be a gala event. It will be all of. Oh, we just got to check in. On... Wait, is it a gala event? Yeah. So like. Dress and stuff like that for ladies. Yeah. Black and white. Yeah. I mean, it's not. You know, it's not mandatory, <laughs> but yes, you know, dress to impress. Ladies wear a dress. That'd be great. Um, but we just got to check in on our site from Alaska. Shouts out to Alaska. Good morning, Alaska. Good to see you guys. I don't know what time it is in Alaska right now, but whatever time it is, uh, good to see you. Okay. Next thing I want to tell you guys about are the uh, hours of our dear friend. Actually, Alvin Soto, good morning to you, my brother. You just refreshed my memory that I got to talk about McCarty Mills. So this is a limited week for McCarty Mills, you guys. A very, very limited week. Um, today, they are open from noon to 9 p.m. And then tomorrow, they are open from noon until 4 p.m. And that is it. Then McCarty Mills will be closed until January 8th, which is Saturday, uh, Saturday, January 8th. So check out McCarty Mills, go over there, have some food, have a good craft beer, and uh, make sure that you guys enjoy the place before they get closed up. The time is 8.43 a.m. All right. Now. More news. This is more Kane County uh, health news for you guys about the vaccination hub. Also, I want to let you know that Mutual Ground is hiring. The Aurora Public Library is also hiring. And um, the VNA is hiring as well. I got a text last night from a friend. Let us know that they're hiring. If you guys are looking for jobs, I encourage you to holler at them. Okay. Kane County Health Officials, the vaccination hub in Batavia. Let's move on to Batavia. Shouts out to Batavia. Kane County officials are trying to keep the county's mass COVID-19 vaccination hub in Batavia open through May. But still have to confirm the extension of the lease for the site. Work out who pays for utilities. And most important, look at increased staffing to give out shots. Holy cow. Run that back, run that back. That's kind of crazy. What the? Let's read that again. Did you guys hear that? Kane County officials are trying to keep the county's mass COVID-19 vaccination site hub in Batavia open through May, but still have to confirm the extension of the lease for the site, work out who pays for utilities, and most importantly, look at increased staffing to give out the shots. That sounds like a big number of problems. The county received a verbal agreement uh, Tuesday evening from state officials to help provide staffing through the end of January for the vaccination site or facility, excuse me, after a shortage of staff prompted plans earlier this month to pro permanently close the site. Wow. Several King County board members expressed frustration over the closure announcement because they said they were blindsided by the decision. The health department reversed course and now has appointments running through the end of January at the vaccination hub. The owner of the building containing the mass vaccination site, which formerly housed the Sam's Club, offered to lease the site rent free to Kane County until the end of May. The county also has to finalize an agreement with Batavia, which has covered the utility costs for the vaccination hub since its opening. Wow. 
the Kane County Health Department put out a request for people to join its Medical Reserve Corps and it volunteered to administer shots at the facility. A federal executive order has expanded the scope of administering shots to EMTs, licensed practical nurses, registered nurses, nursing students, dentists, and pharmacists. It goes on. Interested volunteers can go to canehealth.com slash pages slash medical dash reserve dash core dot ASPX or call 630-208-3801 for more information. Now, according to King County, actually, hold on, back that up real quick, scratch that. Because you know what, let me tell you something. I, I've told you before on this show, and I'm, this is a great time to plug it in. If you are interested in doing the most for your your locale besides joining the navy you should look into americorps americorps is a fantastic organization which will place you or can place you in many dangerous places to help do the most and give back to your community in the time of COVID, this is extremely important because uh, in many different counties and towns and cities in Illinois, there are a lack of staff and a lack of people in these towns, really small towns. Um, I was fortunate enough in many cases before COVID to get placed in disaster areas, and that was really fun. Uh, but look into AmeriCorps. But interested volunteers can go to canehealth.com slash pages slash medical dash reserve dash core dot ASPX or call 630-208-3801. Kane County Board Chair Corinne Pirog says she believes the mass vaccination site could become even more in demand as she watches the progress of a proposed federal vaccination mandate for employers of more than 100 people. If the mandate comes into effect, she believes the vaccination site must stay open. Wow. All right. The time is now 8.48 a.m. The Kane County Circuit Clerk's Office is also hiring. Thank you very much, Mr. Barrero. Tavern on Broadway, Good Morning Roar, hosting New Year's Eve party starting at 9 p.m. tomorrow, Friday. Yes, that is right. Josue Pais, good morning to you, dear friend, and happy New Year. Yeah, we, here's the thing, you guys. We're not there yet. We're getting there. We, we are, we're definitely ready. I definitely believe that more work is, is needed, but I'm happy about all that we've achieved this year. I really am. Uh, we've got so much coming up. And I got to reach out to a couple more friends out there, out there, whole sway. Uh, we got to, you know, we'll, we'll get back together so we can do our thing. Um, we got some things to drop. We've got a whole lot of uh, new features coming on Good Morning Aurora here. And we're just going to be doing a whole lot. You guys are going to see so much stuff that you've never seen before. I promise you. Um, in addition to that, we've got great uh, interviews coming up the beginning of the year. It's going to start off in a uh, in a great fashion an upbeat and uplifting fashion as well now other than that we're also interested in you dear people so we've told you before and you guys have done a great job at it if you would like to get to know us you can email goodmorningauroraIL at gmail.com or buenos dias aurora il at gmail.com or send us messages anywhere on social media and we will respond to and get back to you guys um as well we love what we do and we love talking to you guys and we love giving you guys information so in regards to that we're going to keep highlighting all the great stuff that you people do out there in the community and we hope to see you guys tomorrow for a great party okay now Aha, there it is. Okay. Now, I got something that I want to, to share with you guys here. And it's about 
Um, it's about the downtown area, and it's something that I thought was really cool. Do you know that we need more art in downtown Aurora? So there is a, um, it's a small question going around about the places where art can be used. We know that they're building that skinny park. That's the park that's on Broadway, and it's a bit, well, it bottoms out back there to um, the, what's the name of that place? With the, with the faces, with the masks, you guys know what I'm talking about? Tracy Duran. Um, Riverfront Playhouse. Riverfront Playhouse, that's what it is. Uh, that's where the skinny park is. That is a location where people say that art is needed, but also the wall of Sergio's Furniture uh, right across from Treadwell. That's another place that people say that artwork is needed. If you have any places where you think artwork could go, let us know. You can put that in the chat or you can email that to us. We will definitely shout that out to the appropriate people. People are asking for feedback about art and we would like to give that to them and let your ideas be chief among them. All right. Also, I'm kind of happy right now because to, tomorrow is the last episode of Buenos, or uh, well, both of Good Morning Aurora before a brand new year. So I am very excited. I'm very excited. I am, I'm excited to get this year wrapped up. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to so much. And I really just want to say thank you to all of you listeners and all you fans out there. It's been a heck of a, heck of a year. It's been a heck of a ride, but we got a lot more coming. Also, we also have space for you on our beautiful wall of fame here. Uh, feel free to mail us anything. 5 East Downer Place. Sweet T is the address. Mail us anything and it will go on the wall. Our recent additions are from Josie, Tracy Duran, and our friends of Planned Parenthood for mailing us nice holiday cards. Norma Peterson is here. Good morning, Norma. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you very much, Norma. We appreciate that. Hope to see everyone tomorrow at Tavern. That is right. Janelle Griffins, good morning to you as well. Hey, they're better late than never. That's Dora Sanchez Soto. Good morning to you, Dora, as well. Okay. Um, so let us know in the chat. The time is 8.53. We got a few more minutes. We can play with you people. Uh, let us know in the chat how you're feeling going into uh, a brand new year. If you're driving, don't text and drive. Don't do that. Don't worry about it. Just have it mentally here and think it to me. You can think it to me. Say, Curtis, mm. and just maybe your brain waves will hit the mic, right? And it'll come to me and I'll, oh, yeah. But um, yes, let us know in the chat what you guys think. With your mask on, that's right. Wear your mask tomorrow. Masks are required. We party responsibly. You heard it here. Time is 8.54. All right, let us know in the chat how you're doing with these last couple of minutes because I'm going to give you a word of the day, but a couple more pieces of news um, as, as well for you guys before we get out of here. Okay, so the... Be safe, everyone, with this recent COVID-19 surge. That is right. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, First Friday's return in February, you guys. Get ready for that. First Friday's will be back. Uh, First Friday's are a great event in the community, bringing folks together, showing off local artisans, local businesses, and a local flavor in downtown Aurora. Now, good morning, Aurora. We'll be doing a lot. This next year. So on First Friday, I mean, you know, I know how it is now. You're like, oh, First Friday, it happens, and then Good Morning Road tells you about it. Well, what if, what if First Friday's, like, Good Morning Aurora was maybe like a stop on it or something? What if? Could happen. Okay. First Friday's return then. Uh, Water Street Mall has been the place for food trucks, that is going to continue and expand. Also, remember, the beginning of the year, we'll see, well, not the beginning of the year, but next year, we'll see the return of such fan favorites as Aurora Farmer's Market as well. Hey, that's gonna be great. When the season starts of Aurora's Farmer's Market, Good Morning Aurora will be on the scene and we'll showcase that to you, definitely. All right. Cheryl Brownell, what if? You like that, right? Yeah, what if? 
Cheryl, good morning. Good to see you. And Mariana Novoa, good morning to you as well, dear friend. The time is 8.56. Okay, I got a couple more minutes. A couple more minutes with this. A couple more minutes. All right. Uh, now, let's move on. Also, want to give a... Tomorrow's episode is going to be great. Tomorrow... Um, well, not tomorrow, but also right now. Just want to give um, a shout out to two groups of people who deserve a lot of praise this year as well. Teachers and medical staff. Shout out to our teachers and our medical staff as well for all the hard work that they've done with our community, with our kids and our youth, uh, getting them squared away and dealing with an unprecedented amount of pressures this entire year. Uh, you guys have done an absolutely fantastic job. And thank you to all of our friends in the healthcare profession and the education profession who are friends of Good Morning Aurora. Appreciate that. All you teachers out there, Kelly Hills, Principal of Waldo, shout out to you as well. And also, shout out to Dr. Andrew Prawl of Aurora University. We're friends on Twitter. My man. Keep the tweets up, bruh. You got that. Okay. Norm Peterson, Karen Caputo and I are having an art exhibit on first Fridays at 1 East Benton. Is that right? Tyrus Brooks, what Wait, is Professor up, Carr? sir? Huh? Professor Carr? Is that the is that your friend on Twitter? Uh, Andrew Carr? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's Yeah, that's cool. my man. Um, Karen Caputo, good morning to you. Uh, really, is that right, Norma? Well, good to know that. Good to know that we will shout that out. Um, okay. Last piece of news here before I give you the word of the day. Um, we told you guys about the Ninja Science Academy. We told you about the... Did we tell you about Ballydoyle? We did tell you about Ballydoyle. Did we tell you about the Park District? We didn't tell you about the Park District. Okay. Fox Valley Park District's Vaughn Athletic Center tomorrow is having an early New Year's Eve celebration and activities from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 2121 West Indian Trail Road. The annual family party will ring in 2022 with a variety of festivities. A traditional New Year's countdown featuring a colossal balloon drop at noon. Kids and adults can get energetic. Ah, energetic. <laughs> energetic <laughs> this is the country word up okay let's try that again kids and adults can get energetic while climbing and bouncing on giant inflatables playing games making crafts and experiencing interactive entertainment guests are encouraged to pre-register by noon on december 30th to guarantee admission party favors, activities, and snacks. Advanced tickets are 11 bucks per person, ages two and up, and $14 at the door. Children under two are free. Damn, they charging kids. Even if you're three years old, you gotta pay. That's crazy. <laughs> Fox Valley Park District want their money. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, the event often sells out. Party favors and snacks are not guaranteed for those who register on event day. Yikes. More information, call the Vaughn Center at 630-907-9600. And number again is 630-907-9600. And visit their Facebook page. Okay. Now that's it. So the time is 8.59. Last thing here. Emily Bo, Sunday is a community gathering. That's right. Zenloft. Shout out to Shivani. Emily, we also mentioned the Ninja Science Academy. Thank you very much for tuning in, dear friend. Now. Today is Thursday, the last Good Morning Aurora episode of the entire year will be tomorrow morning. When Good Morning Aurora returns on Monday, it will be a brand new year. It will be a brand new feeling. It'll be a brand new vibe, a brand new intensity, and a brand new focus. Um. I want all of you people to just remember all this because pretty soon it's going to be a remember when. It will. Thank you very much to everybody who tunes in. Thank you, Dan Barrero. Thank you, Tracy Duran, Vanessa Rodriguez Aguirre, Tyrus Brooks, all of you people in the chat, the Geller family, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you guys 
so very much. Tomorrow is going to be a great episode. Tomorrow is our last episode of the year. Keep saying it, but it's a really big thing. Also, our New Year's Eve party is taking place at Tavern on Broadway. Um, I hope that you guys have a great rest of the day today. And stay tuned for all that's coming next. Take care of yourself and each other.